Hey guys, welcome to the Leverage Podcast. This is episode 40. On this episode, we're talking about the conversational skills that you can develop to be able to create deeper connections with women in a lot less time. Check it out. All right, so Robbie, go back to your scenario that you were discussing. It came to me about that brother situation. About what? Uh, if you want to go back to what you were saying, like two minutes ago, that situation came up to me about the brothers or the, the scenario. Yeah, no, basically, I'm just kind of giving you guys a an overview of what I'm doing on dates is I'm asking questions. You know, I start with the shit from the past, her brothers, where she grew up, um, you know, and if, depending on where she goes, we could go into like some deeper childhood things, but then I'm being playful and teasing her. Basically the more she talks, the more ammo I have for teasing, the more ammo I have for good filler and the less I have to do. If I'm not, if she's the one on the spot, She's going to feel like she's investing in me. Like she's the one trying to sell herself to me if she's doing more of the talking. If I'm doing more of the talking, then it kind of feels the opposite. But Jesse has a way of doing more of the talking while still making them feel like he's in control. It's very hard to do. Like the difference in sales for a, for a beginner, if, you, if you're just starting sales or dating, real simple. Just ask the right question and shut the fuck up. But if you're a really, really good master closer, you can talk the entire time, keep people on the edge of their seats, and then they'll buy the shit at the end of the date. That's basically what Jesse does. So, for I'm you guys. I'm providing maximum value, and I'm putting them in a position of, fuck, I want this thing, right? But I'm also tailoring in such a way that, yo, chick, you can't just have me. <laughs> you best bring your A game if you want me. I got options, right? Right. Uh, and so that's sort of what I'm providing. Yeah, the worst case scenario is the guy who's doing a lot of the talking, but talking about nothing she's interested in, and who's fucking boring, providing no value. That date's going to last about 20 minutes, and she's going to say that she's sick and she's got to go. Or yeah, she's going to get she's the... going to check out. She's going to check out mentally and, and start a, a, a timer in her head when it's socially acceptable to leave without being rude. And she's going to text her friends in the bathroom about how much you suck and how much she wants to leave. Right. Yeah. So, no. When you're asking the questions and you're getting them to talk, so you're asking, you're asking past, present, future stuff, and you're just bombing away on fun questions and teasing the whole way through, right? Pretty much. Yeah. And occasionally, if if it if it feels right to like go deeper on stuff, I'll drop the teasing for you know three to five seconds, uh, three to five minutes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we might have a moment of deep rapport, but that one moment of deep rapport is all she's going to get from me. And she's going to want more deep rapport later. Like I'm the fun, silly, goofy guy who will occasionally get deep, like once every blue moon and they just fucking crave that. And they're waiting and they're waiting. It's kind of like Jesse is the guy who, who he's never soft whatsoever. He's never sweet. And they, they see it one time, they just crave more and more and more. I'm the fucking clown who will occasionally be very, you know, insightful and deep or mentor them on something and then they'll want that all the time, but I won't give it to them. So it keeps on coming back. Does anybody have any questions about anything we've discussed so far? Bueller? 
Bueller. <laughs> I guess we nailed it all, and they've got it all figured out. Everything's covered. They're all ready to go bust a thousand girls. <laughs> they got their A game ready to go. Uh, no, we're still up. absorbing it, guys. <laughs> no, and keep in mind too, like just in in a structured way. Like, let's say your first date is, um, you know, you're going to grab drinks around eight thirty. Um, and you want to always try to get at least one venue change in there, right? Like your first date, your, the first venue is going to be, you know, whatever, a bar, lots of people, crowded environment, and you're having the conver- the past, present, future conversation. You're teasing, you're adding in filler, you're connecting, going deep a little bit, but keeping it, you know, pretty light and playful. And then as things go on, you change venues. You hold her hand in between, you take her to somewhere a little bit more intimate, you sit next to her instead of across from her, and then you kind of start amping up the touching and stuff like that. Um, that's pretty much what I do. Like, I won't touch a whole lot in the beginning. I'll do some some little touching things like like Jason. I showed Jason on the Euro trip where I'll look, look away and touch her when I look away. But, you know, it's usually pretty awkward to touch someone if you're sitting across from them in like a first date scenario. But if you're walking, you're leading them through doors, then it's totally normal to be touching. And uh, I do I do a lot of, oh, my God, you're the worst, right? That's like my teasing stuff. And I'll find something that's sort of funny and come back to it over and over and over. So say, you know, you say you like Pilates and you'll be like, oh, my God, you're so lazy, right? Well, then I'll come back to lazy all day. I'll be like, oh, can you hand me that? And she doesn't get up and get out of her chair to grab it, but she kind of reaches over to get it. And she can't tell the reason. Like, there we go, getting lazy again. And then later I'll throw it, so it'll become the theme throughout the day. Like, you know, if their name is, you know, Stacy, like, lazy Stacy, at it again, getting lazy. And I'll just jam home the lazy thing, right? And it becomes kind of this fun deal. And then we have, you know, this history behind us. So let's say through the brothers and sisters now, she said, I'm the best. They would choose me like, oh, my God, you're such a bad human being. You're the worst. You think your parents would let your kids get killed by the rocket. You're the worst. Well, then throughout the rest of the night, I'm going to stick with the, the you're the worst thing, right? It's just this one second little jab, but I'm doing that play like you're the worst. Then I'll start getting serious, and this is when I'll kick in the emotional roller coaster. And now, you know, we're at some bar trying to get drunk. She's like, you're the worst. The absolute worst. She's like, no, and I'll give her kind of a serious thing like, you are the worst. And I'll kind of look away, right, and go back to whatever I was doing. This is when I started getting very, very flirty, very engaging, very emotional roller coastery, and I'm controlling the tempo of everything at this point. I'm throwing in the jab. I'm looking away from you. I'm changing my behavior and my tone from one second to the next, and I'm just going up, down, up, down, up, down, creating this emotional roller coaster where they freak out and, you know, like, oh, my God, I love this guy because he just makes me feel stuff every second. That's all they fucking want. They just want to feel shit, right? They don't care about anything else in this world. Back, logic, reason, production, efficiency, none of that matters so long as they fucking feel something. I deliver that. I deliver a constant feeling, right? And sometimes yeah. being on the edge of your seat, sometimes it's being your heart melted, sometimes being offended. It doesn't matter. I just fucking go through the motions and make you feel shit nonstop. And um, I've had a lot of success with it. <laughs> if you don't look like Brad Pitt, you better get good at it. Yeah, a couple a couple other things you can do for touching, like during the date. Um, 
Well, I know I, I I don't know where this kind of came to me, but tried it once and it worked out pretty well. A while, um, she'll say something like, "Yeah, like she'll talk about how she stole something as a kid or something." I'll say, "Give me your hand," and she'll give me her hand, and I'll fucking smack her hand. I'll be like, "Don't fucking steal," and it's just a very like dominant alpha thing to do, and it's a great way to like hold her hand and touch her at the same time. So that can kind of like break rapport in the middle of the conversation. Like if you're talking about childhood stuff and it's kind of like a friendly conversation where you could fall into the friend zone. If I say, give me your hand, I look her in the eye, I look at her hand, I slap her hand. Now all of a sudden, like, you know, there's, there's thoughts run through her mind. Oh, he's going to slap me in bed. This is kind of hot. So I'll do little things like that to, to break rapport on purpose just so I don't get, so it doesn't become too friendly and, and boring. Any questions? Emotional roller coaster. How do you actually do it? This is a problem with the emotional roller coaster. If I could find a way to explain it in three minutes or in like a rant, I would, but it's so fucking elaborate and it took so many years to build. It's really hard to explain. No, I was looking forward to it in Europe. It's really, really, really hard. So, okay, the emotional roller coaster, it requires, so a big problem that every, almost every person on this call has, and even a lot of guys, right? Like guys who do really well don't do what I'm going to accuse you guys of, sticking in the middle. You guys stick in the middle. And when I say the middle, imagine a line. All the way to the left, you have one, and all the way to the right, you have ten. And in the middle, you have the number five. You guys all stay at number five. And you don't leave number five. You just stay in that little zone, right? I'm all over the fucking map, and you cannot keep up with me, right? So that's what I'm talking about. That would be the basic premise, you know? That would be like the setup for uh, for the emotional roller coaster. So I'm going from dead serious to picking on you, to informing you, to mentoring you, to laughing hysterically, to playing a joke on someone, to getting angry, to sharing intimate thoughts and feelings and experiences with you. And I'm going from one to six to two to ten to three to ten, 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 ten to four to five, 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 five to one. And I'm going all over the fucking place. And I'm doing that with stories. I'm also doing that with the expressions on my face. I'm doing that with my voice. I'm doing that with my laugh. I'm doing that with my banter and picking on you. I'm doing it with fucking everything, right? So, like, if you saw what I posted in Shabon's deal, Robbie and I were talking about this. He's like, yo, a lot of these guys just can't do that, right? So, Shabon has this date with a girl. She says, hey, I'll cook for you. And then later she's like, wait, no, I can't cook for you. Someone told me that's bad, right? Um, someone told me that's bad. And then I said, and then I sent, you know, I gave him a text to give her. She's like, okay, cool, come over. So if you saw in the group I posted, right when she opens the door, what I would do, and I would establish the emotional work poster early on. She'd open the door and be like, hi. I would lean in, grab her by the back of the neck, kind of shove her up against the wall of the doorway, and start making out with her super hard for like two to five seconds. I'd pull in and be like, hey, what's up? And give her kind of this little shit-eating grin with a nice little stare in the eyes, and then just walk right into her house ahead of her. I'm like, so what you making? 
and as though it never fucking happened, and I'd go playful, almost like a seven-year-old playboy. So what you make And kind of clap my hands and walk with a silly, goofy walk, and I'd look over the stove and be like, nice, got some chicken going. What marinade did you use? Oh, cool. And vegetables, what do you got going on? I'd probably open, like, open the oven and be like, make sure you don't burn these. Daddy don't like his vegetables burn. <laughs> you know, like, make some goofy jokes. You know, I probably just went from one fucking zip code to another zip code in a matter of 10 seconds, right? From grabbing a girl and shoving her up against the wall and making out from giving her a deep stare. Just, so what you making? Don't burn the vegetables. I mean, these are two opposite fucking worlds from each other in terms of a user experience, right? So that is like if you were to really narrow in the microscope all the way in, that's like, you know, like forget, you know, the whole day looking intraday from one second to the next. That is an example of thousands of how I would emotional or close to a girl, right? Now, let's say we had dinner. One minute, I'd be mentoring her, having a very serious conversation, talking with the tone I'm talking with right now, and tell you how I just believe people aren't efficient because emotionally, they get in the way, and they don't want to be objective. And as a human being, it's our goal to be as objective as possible because it creates the path of least resistance, and it makes for a frictionless life. What friction you have the easier things can flow from A to B. If people operate this way, they'd be more efficient, productive, which effectively would create more happiness because happiness is something that goes from the outside in. You can't meditate your way to happiness. See, that was a very serious conversation. My tone is very serious. So you get that, and then a minute later, I'd fire off, you're the worst. You're the worst human being I've ever met. I cannot believe you stole your neighbor's newspaper. Fucking like, you're a bad, bad human being, right? So notice I just showed you four different things you would get from me within a very, very short period of time. Well, I'm doing that over and over. I'm doing the pick on you, high-pitched voice, to the throw you up against the wall, make out with you, to the walk away. So what are you making me? To the dead, serious conversation. And I'm just going, I'm doing that shit over and over and over and over. Serious conversation. And then I'll drop in some... You know, then I'll drop in some, you know, these motherfuckers at the gym. You've got these guys who weigh like 295 pounds or biceps of 24 inches. And they're singing to their music with their headphones on as though the entire gym needs to make sure what's over them. I feel like walking over to Billy Biceps and dropping a dumbbell on his face and asking him how cool he thinks he is now. Right? So there's like angry Jesse that doesn't like an inefficiency about the world. Then I'm going to go, then a minute later, I'm going to transition to... You know, my mom texted me like 18 times a day, you know, like obviously mom's like my best friend, my super homie, but I mean 18 times a day. Come on. Oh, you and your mom are close. Yeah, we're like super best buds. You know, we talk on the phone every day. I mean, I'm like, you know, like I'm like the weird rager guy who's also a mama's boy. So you notice know, right there in one minute, I explain you stuff I do on a date. In that date, she gets my mom and I are best friends. I want to drop a dumbbell on somebody's face because I'm a psychopath. I throw you up against the wall and make out with you like a super confident guy. But then I walk away and I want to know what you're cooking, right? So you're getting like six different experiences, but I condense them into a very short period of time. And I take you all over the place. And if I see there's something you like, I give it to you, I walk away from it. I give it to you, I walk away from it. I give it to you, I walk away from it. So that you beg for fucking more of it, right? So that's what I'm doing as far as the conversation and my voice. I can't show you over the phone, but there's these things I do, like 
And we call it the Jackson look. Like, there's this crazy fucking look. I give these girls, like, this shit-eating grin. I tilt my head down. I look up at them and stare at them, kind of like I'm an embarrassed, shy little boy. And then I walk away. And I come over and I stare them down like I'm dead fucking confident. They're just my scared little girl. Right? And I just go through the fucking motions. And it just becomes, it becomes my date. They are just a participant on my fucking date. They're no longer their own autonomous human being. They just, they're like a, they're an audience member of my show and they love being there. And I'm just putting on this brilliant fucking show. And I've just mastered it. And every single one of my dates goes like this. 99, 999 out of a thousand go like this. And they just fucking gobble it up. And the one that doesn't go like this, only doesn't go like that because I'm not into her, so I don't give a fuck, and I just want to get out of there. But if I'm a millimeter into her, I'm delivering this user experience, and she's a buyer every single fucking time. She'll never say no to this because women want to feel, and I'm I'm delivering that product. So does that does that sort of answer what I mean by the emotional roller coaster? Yeah. Right, and I'm doing it. In, I'm doing it in an interaction on the street as well, right? Like I'm taking you all over the place: voice, look, body language, connecting with you, agreeing with you, not agreeing with you. You know, if a girl is talking about how like all guys in New York are super pussy guys, uh, they're super pussy guys, and there's no macho men in New York, and I'm jamming home and talking to hot athletes, do crossfit. Boys high, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm Examples would be nice. Mess. What? Examples would be nice. Can like, I just give fucking ten examples? <laughs> That's the point of the workshop. Is the point of this weekend's workshop is, is for the emotional roller coaster and to walk everybody through it. How I orchestrate. So we spend like four hours on the date. How I do the date. When we get back to the house, I'll pick you up. I'll set you down on the kitchen counter, make out with you, and then I'll lean back and give you this look, this like, oh, God, this is all too much look. And then I'll just walk away from you. I'll go sit on the couch, and you'll sit there kind of flustered, like, yo, what are you doing? Come here. Come sit with me. And we'll have a nice, gingerly conversation, and then I'll make out with you super fucking hard again, right? That's examples of how I create this emotional roller coaster. I do a lot of walking away from the girl. I'll hold her hand while I'm holding her hand, and I'll start rubbing her finger and just staring profusely in her hand. And what this does is it causes her to also stare at her hand of, you know, me holding her hand and she'll start staring at it. And then this evokes a lot of emotions where she starts picturing the future with me and us holding hands and very symbolic of love and relationships and companionship. So I'm, you know, I'm creating all of these emotions and feelings, right? So, uh, so I'll stare at the hand, she'll do it and I'll give kind of like a, like a little, like a little sigh, like, oh, this whole thing is so crazy. And then I'll look away, this kind of boyish, flustered look away. And then she'll go, what, what? And I'll give her time to find, like, what you, what not, what, what? And I'll start playing the what, what are you thinking about game, right? And I get her to start telling me what she's thinking about. I get her to start playing the feelings game, right? Like, so Rob and I were talking about, I've probably gotten 15 girls in my life to tell me they were in love with me on first date. I want to know that I own you for fucking life. And Robbie can attest, and if anybody wants to wager money, I will prove that there is not a girl I have ever dated. 
that I couldn't get in front of me in under two days. And fucking none of them live in the same city as me. I could get any one of these bitches to fly from anywhere around the world to come see me, except for one. <laughs> it ended very badly. But remove her. None of them aren't going to come fucking see me. They stay in love with me forever. I'm unattainable and I deliver maximum emotions. And that's what it is they're going out. Now they want to see me because I have the prettiest fucking eyes or the biggest biceps and the coolest pair of shoes. They want the emotional experience. And that's what I fucking give them. Well, that's what I give them. I give it to them through emotional roller coasters. But yeah, that explains it. But well, it doesn't. Go ahead. So ask more questions about it. That example is kind of hard. Um, I don't know. Uh, basically, I do get the gist of it. I've got to practice it for myself. Right? So for me, let's say Siobhan goes to her place, right? I walk in, make out with her at the door, shove her up against the wall, make out with her. Then I would just walk away from her. Walk over, hey, what are you cooking? Talk about Then I look around your house, like, you're like, oh, it's your rent, or you own it? Oh, no, I own it. Oh, nice. So, like, what are the HOA dues around here? Okay, now we'll have a very serious conversation about owning a condo, right? So, in under 15 seconds, I went from make out fucking dominatrix alpha romantic dude to goofy, what are you cooking for me, dude? Just serious, let's talk about owning real estate, dude, right? Then, then when are we sitting? Oh, could it be ready in 30 minutes? 30 minutes? What the fuck? Do you want me to be here at 7 o'clock? Could it be ready? Is this what I have to expect out of this relationship? I mean, every little thing with you, we got to get to a Christmas party at 7, 7.15. You tell me, you know, 10 minutes to get ready. Now I'm going to start, you know, jabbing and poking at her and having fun about that, right? So you see, like, in under, you know, under one minute, two minutes, we're from make out to goofy to serious to teasing, right? So now just extrapolate from there. That's what the entire night is going to be like. Right. Then I'm going to start creating an emotional roller coaster physically. That I have to show you how I do this. That is like my my masterpiece of my gem of my one fucking creation. Like there's something I can leave behind when I die one day to make this world a better place. It's how to fucking create the emotional roller coaster physically. I'm just beyond now this shit. You get me through two hours of the date and I can get into the hand holding emotional roller coaster shit with the girl. She's mine for life. They ain't never walking away from me. Ever, ever, ever. Robbie, Robbie can tell you, in eight years, you ever heard me complain about how I had a girl on a first date and I lost her and I can't get her to see me again? Ever? No. No, it just doesn't happen. I deliver such a fucking enormous emotional experience that no one would ever say no to this again. Ever. Like, they, they can't say no to it because that's what they want out of life. I give it to them. And a lot of you guys are delivering five, 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 six, five, eight, five, four, 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 five, 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 five. You're just staying in the middle zone. Like, go fuck yourself. I don't care. Cool, you work at Bechtel. Cool, you got an MBA. Cool, you went to Croatia. Like, I don't give a fuck. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear... I was an Indian kid at a fucking school in Indiana or Iowa. 99% of people had never seen a fucking Indian before. And everybody thought I was a terrorist because this was after 9-11. So I'm walking around with like a fucking, you know, black, black cloud above me. Everybody be careful of the terrorist. That I don't want to hear. That's funny. That's engaging. Right? 
But I don't want to hear that you got a master's in economics in Iowa and nothing who cares and boing, 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 right? I want to hear about not getting served drinks in Serbia because they thought you were black, right? Or that they don't like Indians. We were like, fuck it. The black's cool because they listen to rap. So I just started telling everybody I was black, right? That's awesome. But I went traveling. Don't care. We all go traveling. Suck my dick. Right? So you see the difference in those? Like, you know, the user engagement there. Yep. So it sounds like a lot of this is, comes back to kind of storytelling, like being better at storyteller obviously elicits more emotion. Would you say that they're, like, very closely correlated? So say it again? I mean, I mean as, as, as a hard and fast rule about life, people who are great storytellers uh, do well in life, right? Like, it's an amazing fucking quality to have. But there aren't many people that are brilliant storytellers that just fucking suck at life. People gravitate towards great storytellers. So, okay, so go on. So what's your actual question, though? Uh, I was going to say, was there a direct correlation between people that can deliver this emotional roller coaster and people that are good storytellers? Seems like, it seems like there is. No. No. Yes, okay, yes, but you don't need to be a great storyteller to deliver the emotional roller coaster. Because a lot of the emotional roller coaster is physical. There's ways that I look at them, right? There's a lot of fucking ways I look at you, walk away from you, you know, pitch in my voice, my body language, and how I change subjects. I'll go from my mom is my best friend, my mom is my best friend, to uh, something else emotional to fucking living in France, to fucking, I think anybody who opposes gay marriage should be publicly fucking stoned, to, you know, I'll just take over, take you over to this wide range of bullshit, right? And I would argue that's the reason why I'm an engaging person. Gotcha. I would say, well, I don't know, I mean, Robbie's a great storyteller. I'm wondering if he's become a better storyteller since he started hanging out with me. I don't think so. You've always been a good storyteller, right? Um, yeah, well, he's been pretty good at it, I guess. I mean, I've definitely picked up on some shit that you've done. Um, like, I know. I know how important storytelling is. That Say we start talking, like the other night, we had a dinner party like a week ago, and somehow... Croatia came up, and I, well, I'm like, oh, listen to this. This guy went driving to Serbia. Tell him they're getting pulled over by the cop story, okay? So that, for me, is sort of like a checkmate move because it's not my story, but I still went out of my way to enhance the user experience because I know Robbie's going to tell the story really well. And if Robbie tells the story really well, the audience is going to have a really good time, and I'm participating in the storytelling with Robbie because I set it up. I brought Robbie to Dale Pellet, and I interjected a few funny things along the way, right? So if I know someone has a funny story about something, I'll go out of my way to get them to tell it to the group, because now the group will be having more fun, which means we are all having more fun. Right? Like, the the best thing ever. Storytelling, always. The best the best oh yeah, I know. When you say. and I are, you and I are out, and you tell the story about me fucking a girl in the ass at the condom, and every single time it leads to the girl who I'm with, like 
basically she just wants that to happen to her. And the way that you tell it, and I don't look like the sleaze ball because you're telling it. <laughs> yeah, so there's this no. story about Robbie fucking the girl in the ass, and the reason he didn't was because he didn't have a condom with him, which I'm not going to get into it, but the irony of that is just fucking hilarious. It's this really funny story, and I tell it in a super funny, engaging way. And Robbie and I now basically role-play on it. If, you know, if there's any keyword, and there's about 1,800 keywords that to, Rob, that to me, I interpret as go, meaning tell the story, right? Someone will be like, you know, Santa Monica. Be like, oh, Santa Monica. You got to listen to this one time. Me and this idiot were Santa Monica, right? Someone says online poker. Be like, well, I'm telling you, I stuck playing online poker because what this idiot did. Listen to this. So I have like these 1,800 keywords that to me are, are go keywords, and then I'll drop this story. It's a super hilarious, engaging story that if any one of you were the subject of the story, you guys would fall apart and fucking die of embarrassment. And you'd blow yourself out and your night would be over. The story is just so over the top and ridiculous about Robbie fucking some girl in the ass without a condom. And if I told 9 million random people that I used this story to get Robbie laid, they'd be like, you know, if I just said, I use this story, what's the percentage chance you'll get laid? They'd be like, oh my God, zero. Robbie ends up banging the girl that I'm not with 100 out of 100 times when I tell this story. And the way he does it is, A, the story is fucking preposterous, and it's funny. So everybody laughs. Now everybody's having a good time. But the deal, the deal, deal is a Mariano Rivera, this motherfucker, what closes it out, is that Robbie sits there, deadpan, nonchalant, I don't give a fuck with this shit-eating grin on his face. No embarrassment, no, no doing to the story. He just sits there like, yeah, I know, I'm a goofy motherfucker. I don't care. And it's, it's his, I don't give a fuck, juxtaposed with this insane story that makes the girl attracted to him. And I told it one time, I was drunk, and I started telling it, and I was getting like, God damn, I can't believe I'm telling this story. And I don't care, fucker. <laughs> and I told it, and then I looked over, and the girl just had puppy dog eyes looking at Rob, and I'm like, oh, my God, did you see that shit? And he ended up banging her. Ding, ding, ding. Went out with Robbie and girls. Make sure that you tell the condom, the no condom in the book story. So now it's a go-to move that we use. Um, yeah. So we use a lot of playing off each other to tell stories. This storytelling is great. Now, delivering the emotional roller coaster. Um, yeah, you know, telling stories to enhance the emotional roller coaster, obviously really fucking important. I tell a lot of stories. Uh, makes the user experience better. Everybody has more fun. Blah 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 blah. That's great. Um, but you could, in theory, pull off the emotional roller coaster very well without being a good storyteller. I would just my argument would be anyone who's a good storyteller is probably very charismatic and colorful. And the emotional roller coaster requires a fair amount of charisma and color to your personality. I guess uh, that was, uh, the question I, I maybe really wanted to ask was, what are some things that we can try to work on to get to that level of charisma and color? Uh, you guys should do what I what I said to do in the uh, pinned post. You guys should practice this role-playing with each other. Because the truth is, it doesn't really matter if you're having a conversation with a guy or a girl. The same rules apply. The only difference is how you touch it and how you look at it. 
um, you know, Dave and Jason shouldn't do it together because you guys might end up, you know, fucking each other. Be good. Yeah, do not put Dave and Jason together. These motherfuckers will. No, but they'll be like, well, you know, Robbie has a no condom anal story. Want to try it? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Love you too. So make sure. How mad is Jason that he's not coming this weekend and people get, men get to share a med together? <laughs> fucking irate. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just practice this with each other. Um, you guys should be doing this in theory like hours every day. Um, you know, when when I'm out every day hitting on girls, I'm just practicing this. So, uh, so you live in bumfuck Egypt and you can't talk to anyone of that day. So call up one of the guys in the group and and practice. Have engaging conversations. Um, tell stories and you can get feedback from the guy you're talking to if your story was boring or they'll cool story bro you or they'll tell well, you we're going to do a three day we're going to do a three day workshop with a guide and notes and hard and fast rules where we just eight hours a day we give scenario after scenario after scenario and I will personally show you how you could fire off better jokes how you could pitch your fucking voice how you could pull off the, you're the worst you're the worst human being I've ever fucking met you're a bad human being Right, like that's the kind of shit I do. Right, Miller, like Julie, stop it, Julie. Don't be ridiculous. Right, and I start doing these different things to my voice to make myself seem more colorful. Right, and then I have a really loud laugh on top of it, and I cuss a lot, and I make a lot of like wild statements that people have a hard time stomaching, but they're true. Right. Another thing that you guys should have um, is you should have the answers to the most common questions that you're going to ask because she's going to ask them to you back. That's why I always say do the 100 questions. Um, but, you know, in, in reality, we say do 100 because it's great to have that much. It'll just in, increase your arsenal. But the past, present, and future stuff, those questions, you know, there's probably 10 questions that you're going to need good, funny, interesting answers to. You know, the what do you what do, these, the... Yeah? What are these past, present, whatever questions you keep referring to? Remember when I talked about where did you go? Where did you go to school? Where do you live? Where do you want to be when you grow up? And and questions about her family. Um, you know, if it's obvious that she's had a bad childhood, she doesn't want to talk about her family, then steer away from there. But that's that's past and present. Is what are you doing now? What do you do for fun? What are you passionate about? That's a great way to do some mentorship. Like mentor game happens usually in the present doesn't happen in the past because you can't mentor people on the past. You could judge them and tell them what they should have done, but then you just kind of sound like a dick. Um, so mentor game happens in the present. And then the future is what she's going to do, what her dreams are, where she's going. You can do some mentor game there too. Um, but it's just very common questions to, to find out, you know, that's going to be the first 30 minutes to an hour of a date, like one drink. And then you're you're sprinkling in teasing and colorful commentary, and you're breaking rapport so you don't fall into the friend zone, and then you're moving to the next venue. So you guys can have answers to all those questions that you're going to probably ask in the first 30 minutes or so. Um, 